Well, we continue in our, our Saturday morning coverage with the Iowa City Cedar Rapids centered uh, scores uh, with the program I like to call this week with Matt Meek. Welcome back to the program, Matt. Well, welcome. I uh, hope you guys got your winter gear because the times are changing. I don't think fall is happening and we're going straight to winter. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a little, you know, what was weird uh, uh, in Columbus, which was, wow, what a game did we, uh, Scotty and I get to see, but it was actually cold and rainy uh, right up to about kickoff. And by the end of the game, it was a lot warmer than it was when the game started. But Really? Yeah. We ended up, we ended up leaving the game. We were at in the third quarter. I was, uh, I was not prepared as thoroughly as I thought I was going to be for a football game on a Friday night. The game was kind of a stinker and we were, we were ready to leave. We didn't have any of the rain, thank God. But yeah, it uh, it's definitely it's definitely last night. I think I'm still thawing out from last night at this point. Well, Scotty had Liz wrapped up in a great big, really warm blanket, and and you could just see her head poking out all night long. Uh, so, and he had the long underwear, and so did I. But uh, it was uh, just enough heat coming off of that game. We were at to keep us warm, but. Well, let's talk about where you were and, and some of the area scores and things that you have. Uh, but it, actually, could we start with the Graham Beckman news? Uh, that was kind of a, a, a buzz we were talking about this morning uh, as to why he didn't play. Uh, I did get a little uh, – uh, I heard from the uh, the broadcast team from Burlington that they were uh, – they had some kind of a leg issue and then he come out kind of early in the second quarter. Do you have some uh, kind of update on, on how Graham Beckman is? Yeah, let's uh, let's let's kick off and talk about the game, and we'll kind of get into the situation with Graham. Um, Liberty and Burlington played a heck of a game last night. Um, the final score ended up being twenty nine to twenty eight. Um, how it got to that point, um, Graham, uh, our quarterback, um, the quarterback for Liberty, who's had an amazing, probably an all state season um, for himself, um, got hit in the second quarter, I believe. Um, ended up being a deep thigh bruise uh, with the weather conditions and the cold last night. Um, trying to recover from something like that, uh, not going to happen probably in the game. Um, if I remember correctly, um, Liberty ended up putting in the third string quarterback. Their backup quarterback was um, the West Branch quarterback's uh, brother, Cooper Hughes. Um, so they had their third string, I believe their third string quarterback in last night. Um, they got, they scored, uh, the final touchdown and the score at that point was 27 to 28, uh, Burlington up and, uh, coach Harris, uh, went, rolled the dice and went for the win with the two point conversion with a, with a backup quarterback, no less. And, uh, through the Cody Nichols, I got to make sure I say his name just because of, of what happened last night. Cody Nichols threw a two point conversion to our guy Christian Barney um, for Liberty to win twenty nine um, to twenty or twenty nine to twenty eight, beating Burlington. Um, that ends up putting Liberty in. Uh, they win the district for the first time in um, Liberty football history. Um, Coach Harris has done an amazing job. Um, I did want to shout out. I, I talked to one of the Burlington kids, Caden uh, um, Sissel, I believe is his name. He oh, ran yeah. for 132 yards and a touchdown last night. So a wild, uh, wild finish down in Burlington, and uh, Liberty finds a way again. Uh, it's a magical season there. Um, when they needed to win and, and pulled things off, they've done it. And uh, one more game and playoff bound. Well, let me ask you something. Have you ever looked into this Nolan Simpson kid that's there in Burlington? 
you want to watch some of the highlights of that game. That kid was all over it on both sides of the ball. Uh, he he is a, a really tremendous player. You know, as I do my digging for looking for my kids for seven on seven, Nolan's name has crossed um, my list and viewing my viewing eyes. Um, if I remember correctly, I believe I think he's a senior this year. So um, my kids that I can have on seven on seven are anywhere from freshmen, sophomores to juniors. Um, the seniors at that point are um, ineligible, I guess, in seven on seven. I believe he's a senior, but his name is his name has come up in some of my lookings this year. I know that for sure. Yeah, well, he's a really good one, and he had a really big on-fire game last night. But, uh, well, what other games, uh, uh, where was you at, and what are some of these Iowa City Cedar Rapids kind of interests games? So last night I was up in Benton Community to watch three of the kids that I've coached for two years. Benton played uh, Makokata. Um Last night Benton got off to a really good start. Um, the score ended up being 49-7. Uh, one of our kids, Sam Wallace, who just had uh, – Sam had two touchdowns receiving. Um, Sam just got a, a preferred walk-on offer at Iowa State, so he's deciding what he wants to do next year. And then another one of our guys, uh, defensive end Will Shaw, had um, at least two two or more sacks and a few tackles for a loss last night. Um, it was cold. I, I, I uh, will be the first to admit that uh, I'd much rather be playing than coaching or watching. And, and when you're not moving, it gets really cold on a Friday night when it uh, dips down to the thirties. So um, we didn't get to finish watching the rest of that game. Uh, we decided it was best to go get in the car and, and get back to Iowa city. So that was the game that I was at last night. Um, as always on Friday nights, if I'm not at a city high game, I'm watching to see what city high did last night. Uh, city high got back on that winning track after the loss to pleasant Valley. Um, last week, 55-6 to six over Davenport West. Um, All-world Ben Keeter had six touchdowns last night, um, one via kickoff return, um, two via runs, and one a touchdown. 110, receiving yard, or 110 rushing yards, 66 receiving yards. Um, big night for City. I believe that qualified for them for the 5A playoffs with that win. Um Quentin Tran, one of our quarterbacks, threw at least for two touchdowns. Uh, big win for City last night. They finished next week, I believe, against um, Davenport Central. Um, another big game on our radar last night was Waverly Shellrock um, versus Western Dubuque. Western Dubuque has uh, rolled off a bunch of wins since they beat Liberty their second or third week of the season. Um, but Waverly Shellrock proved to be too strong. That was a battle of top 10 teams. Um, Waverly Shellrock scored uh, it was 35-14. The game was close up until halftime. Um, Waverly Shellrock's got some studs. Uh, Austin Newsom is a guy that uh, a bunch of Division One programs are looking for. He had a 67-yard touchdown. Then they've got a running back who just committed to wrestle at Iowa State. He had a big game um, with Cray Haggerty. Um, two of our guys, Brock Carpenter, had an interception, and Caleb Klein uh, had a receiving touchdown. What else? We uh, I tap into West Branch every week. So the smaller schools uh, finished last night with the regular season. West Branch finishes an undefeated season by beating uh, Wilton fifty-four to seven. Running back Andy Henson ran for seventeen, had seventeen carries for one hundred and forty-six yards and four touchdowns. Ty Hughes, their quarterback, ten of thirteen for two forty-four and two touchdowns. Um, I just read that they play South Harden this week at home. So um, the playoffs start in West Branch. 
Um, a successful undefeated season. Now it's time for uh, what I call the money rounds. Time to win the games in the playoffs. Um, another game that uh, I watched or, or kind of paid attention to last night um, was the Johnston-Kennedy game. Kennedy went back to Central Iowa last night to play against Johnston. Johnston beat them 28-7. to um, That's Kennedy's second loss of the season. Still a good team, still a playoff team. Um, but, you know, we talked earlier in the season, they started off really, really well, and, and uh, they played some better teams. Um, Johnston has a good, you know, gosh, we talk about tight ends or receivers or running backs every week. Uh, Johnson has a tight end that uh, just got offered from Texas Tech. He's one of about eight or nine um, tight ends in the state of Iowa that have Division One offers. Um, Heckman athlete, uh, basketball player. Um, another score last night, Pleasant Valley ended up beating um, Dubuque Senior 49-7. Their train just keeps rolling. Um, they played without one of their better players last night. And then uh, – a big game for the Central Iowa people. Uh, back home, Dowling and Valley is always one of the better games every year. Uh, tons of athletes. Dowling ended up beating Valley 35-3 to last night in, in kind of a stinker um, for those two teams. So um, one of the games I, I did want to bring up, uh, some people fell, didn't really pay attention to much of it on Thursday night, but Thursday, Muscatine beat Davenport North 41-13. Um, Ty Kozad, man, the kid is a video game video game numbers every year every week you know somebody posted something the other day about what's ty gonna do this week well ty ran for 33 carries for 371 yards and five touchdowns and three quarters of play the kid broke the school record last week for rushing yards in the season this week he broke the rushing uh touchdown total um it's having an amazing season for muscatine i i'm uh, hoping a lot more people take notice. He's actually up at North Dakota this weekend, uh, up, up visiting um, North Dakota State. Um, so hopefully we start seeing some offers for that kid out of Muscatine because he's a hell of an athlete. Yeah, yeah, he's having a phenomenal season. Yeah, it's 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 unbelievable. You know, one of the things that uh, is good for me to see with 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 seven on seven in the state of Iowa is we have a lot of talented kids in the state, a lot of talented kids from every level. And it doesn't matter if it's five, a, if it doesn't matter, if it's eight man, a one, a, we've got a lot of kids that deserve recognition in, in, in the state of Iowa for how good of football players they are. And we, you guys get the pleasure of seeing that on Friday night. You, you guys tell me about some of these small town kids. Um, I get the pleasure of seeing a lot of these kids and it, it amazes me. Um, you sit back on Friday nights and go, did that kid really do that tonight? I, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's great. You know, you guys, you guys see some of the eight man with Cam Buffington down there. Um, you guys are, are tuned in with the Columbus team. They've got some athletes too, that if they played at five, a schools or four, a schools, they'd have, they'd have division one colleges knocking down the door, but because nobody knows about them, they don't get that opportunity. Well, um, that Caden Amagon really, you'd have been so proud of him last night. If you could have seen him the way he ran like a champion, you know, that was such a beautiful game. But uh, let me ask you about that Alburnett team. I don't know if you've ever looked into them, but they got a great quarterback who improvises. Uh, uh, they have kind of a good scheme where if one thing isn't open, then the, the receivers kind of go go to plan B. You know, maybe he can get a three-yard, maybe he can get seven yards. You know, he doesn't have to put the ball in the end zone everything. And I've never seen a, a team that pretty much primarily threw the ball that also grinded clock the way they do and, and get the time of possession and then just get those first downs and not 
they don't have to get 30 yards of play. They can get three yards of play and seven yards of play, and boom, they got a first down. You know, I think that's kind of the transition period in the state of Iowa, too. We still have some teams that run the wishbone, the veer, um, a flex bone, any, any kind of offset of the wishbone with running backs in the backfield and fullbacks and that stuff. But we're also starting to see um, the transition in the state of Iowa where you get some more running quarterbacks, um, some more kids doing some things with their feet and their arm. And it, it's made these kids a lot more valuable team assets to their team. You know, um, you talked about the, it's kind of a dink and a dunk thing. Uh, you see that a little bit with Liberty controlling the clock with Graham. They can throw it deep, but that Graham can run four or five yards. They've got a couple running backs that like can get four or five yards. It's a, I think it's a transition in the state of Iowa of how offenses are changing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, th- those guys, and you can see this, if you go to Ryan Timmerman's uh, Twitter, he's got a, a, a picture of a receiver. I don't know who it was. The quarterback's name is Neighbors, and, and I, I kind of comment it was a beautiful day in the neighborhood last night. But he throws this ball into the end zone. It's a deep pass. This kid reaches up with one hand and grabs it. It is a thing of beauty, and it, it just goes to show the kind of talented uh, uh, receivers that they have and their scheme that they run. It's tremendous. Uh, you know, they're well worth a look, and, and uh, uh, they came out of there with a one-point overtime win. I was like, I don't know, 32 to 31 or 33 to 32, somewhere in there. But it was uh, it was just a, a, one of the greatest games I've ever been at. It was, a, it was a pleasure to see football played in that high of a caliber. Yeah, I checked in with Camden this morning to ask him how things went. You know, as a coach sometimes – uh, after a loss, I don't want to be checked in with. My players don't want to be checked in with. Um, but I checked in with him this morning just to see how it was. Um, you know, losses stink. They are what they are. But um, at any level, you, you, 12, 24 hours, it's over. Those guys are moving on to the playoffs. They have to be concerned about what's in front of them because uh, the next loss is the last loss, right? So um, he said it was a good night, um, good game. You know, unfortunately, games like those that happen, you don't want anybody to really have to lose, but somebody has to. And uh, it's kind of like that was a hell of a showdown between those two teams. Um, and I haven't seen their bracket this morning to see how that would set up if those two teams get the chance to run into each other again in the playoffs or, or what that looks like. Well, they, you know, uh, it looked like Columbus really had it. They, they, you know, they went up by eight points and then, uh, you know, they kicked off and it's like a minute and 33 seconds left and they just kind of methodically moved it down the field and then put in the end zone with about 30 seconds left and then they got the two-point conversion and, you know, talk about the, the, the wind coming out of a place. But I'll tell you something, man. That Columbus Community School District was there. I mean, it was lined from you know, end zone to end zone, the sidewalks, the hills, the, the concession stands, uh, the platforms, the, I mean, the, the lawn chairs, the standing room only in the bleachers. I mean, wow, that was, uh, that was so exciting. And everybody was treated to a great show. Um, uh, Columbus ran the ball as good as a team can run the ball and, Al Burnett passed the ball as good as the team could pass the ball, and they came out one point ahead in overtime, and and uh, there isn't any much more difference between those two teams than that. That's exactly, you know, it's a one-point overtime one way or the other each time those two teams would play, and they may play each other again. And uh, uh, 
it's going to be a toss-up who wins that's for sure and you and you asked me you know you asked me what i feel like is what what drives me as a coach as a player all those things what you just described just just brings back memories of my 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 high school career um at rolling story the games where the crowds were like that when we played the number one team in the state at our home, our home stadium in the playoffs where you couldn't park anywhere, anywhere close to the football stadium. And the whole track was surrounded by people. Um, those are the games that those kids never forget. Um, small town, Iowa. Um, if people who listen don't, I know you guys do a lot more smaller town, which is awesome because you guys bring that feel to um, the podcast and to the radio. Some of these bigger schools, yeah, it's great to have this big electronic board that shows all these cool things and that has the fireworks or whatever, does all that. But this small town Iowa where a community shuts down and all the, all the elementary kids are at the game and, and all the parents and all the communities at the game, there's something to be said about that small town tightness and togetherness of a community that shows up to those games and uh you know even as a player sometimes you don't appreciate those little things until until you after you've gone you you start to think about man we had a really good town that supported us and and uh just hearing you speak like i said it brings back memories of games like that there are games in my high school career that i remember like that and that game last night will be one that the boys even in a losing effort will never forget well, you know, you if you're an older guy like me, you kind of feel like uh, when you watch television and stuff that the old old America is not here anymore. It's all gone. That's a thing of the past. But then, you know, you go out there and you see it looks like America to me. Looks like the land of the free and the home of the brave to me. It looks like uh, uh, communities are still focused on on the kids and and the priorities seem to be right. The, the values seem to be right and. Uh, uh, it's just been a, a cherished season for me watching all these young men play. And I just can't hardly believe that for the small schools, it's already, uh, the season's over. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, uh, I was talking to some of the town folk in West branch where I, where I work and, uh, you know, it's hard to believe that um, the first round of the playoffs start already next Friday. And, uh, I don't know. I don't really like the fact that in the state of Iowa, some of the smaller schools start early. Um, you know, next week, a lot of senior nights for the uh, higher classes, but playoff games start, so it's really hard to make a decision on where you want to be for games. Uh, and that's one thing I would love to get to West Branch to one of their playoff games, but uh, likely next week I'll either be at the city game, um, seeing some of the seniors there, or in Boone, watching the seniors there. But, man, I wish the state would move those. I wish they would start the playoffs together all at the same time. Well, then it would be even harder to go pick one out. Yeah, it, it would, but it's kind of, unju- I don't know, I feel like it's almost unjust um, a little bit to uh, start those playoffs a week early. I don't know. I guess it's not a big, it's a, it's a thing that I, that's changed over the last few years where they used to not do it that way. Everybody started, um, you would play on a, your first game would be on a Wednesday. So your season would end on a Friday night, your first game would be on a Wednesday. And then you'd have almost a week and a half before the next game, and now they don't uh, they don't do that for some of the classes, so um, kind of stinks. Well, do you have any other uh, area scores that we didn't get around to talking about? Um, you know, I, I saw in passing that Solon. I th- you think Solon played Grinnell last night. They won fifty-one to seven. Um, I believe they clinched either first in the district or a tie for first. Um, 
Regina played Durant last night. Regina ended up beating Durant. If I remember correctly, I think Regina, Durant, um, West Branch, and who else qualified? There were four qualifiers from that district, and Regina and Durant both qualified Meepo. with West Branch. Meepo, maybe. Yeah, Meepo's number two. West Branch, Meepo, Regina, and uh, Durant. I kind of think Meepo and uh, Regina might play in the first round. Uh, I'm excited to watch and see, you know, that that's as I talked to one of the football players from West Branch's moms the other day, um, undefeated seasons are awesome during the regular season, but now it's, now it's one loss and you go home and, and as a senior, that one loss, if it happens in the playoffs is the hardest to ever forget. Um, you always question what if, where, what if things were different? Um, but They've got it rolling. There's some really high-quality teams around here. Um, I believe I saw the Williamsburg. That Williamsburg won again. Man, they're 8-0 going into the playoffs. Nobody's touched them all season. Um, they're a team I don't know a whole lot about, but they just keep winning. Um, there's a lot of great teams over here. Um, between your guys' area and my area, there's a lot of great teams. And, and it's been fun doing this podcast with you guys this year to learn about some of those teams that I, I don't know much about. Uh, getting a chance to meet some of these kids or hear about some of these kids from the smaller towns. Um, you know, with my seven on seven stuff, I don't care if you play five, a four, a, if you play a, I, I don't care what class you play at. If you can play, you can play like they always say, college coaches are going to find you if you're a good football player, right? It's just finding that one person that believes in you. And so it's been really cool to be able to expand my knowledge of, of high school football in the state of Iowa um, to the, some of the smaller schools, um, kind of working with you guys this year. It's been neat to to learn about tour of these kids. Well, a lot of people are listening, man. I mean, even in Quincy, Illinois, they're 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 listening, and uh, uh, it you, you like it just means a lot to like as 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 you know a city like Columbus Junction. You know, when I was there last night, everybody listens to Round Guy Radio. I mean, it's you know it's what the the city cares about, and and. I talk to, I must talk to every single person that listens, you know, cause it was just all night long with, you know, people coming up, tell me how much they like the podcast and, and, uh, how much they listen to it. And, and, uh, uh, but it's, you know, it's because of, it's not because it's because of my guests, you know, it's cause I can find a guy like you that knows about this area that, cause I can't do everything. I got you, uh, in Iowa city, uh, in Cedar Rapids. I got uh, uh, Ryan Timmerman helped me with the Muscatine, you know. We got the guys at KBUR helped me with the Burlington and the southeast, uh, the, the real far southeast Iowa. The southeast Iowa Union helps me. Uh, KTVO and Atumwa helps me, you know. And it's the bringing that all together, uh, all those guys that are specializing in those teams. And there's always so many good teams in each little area, you know what I mean? And, well, and that's and that's what you don't know until you find out. I mean, that's you know, if one thing I I can say a lot of thanks to you guys for with this year, but it's also um, building these contacts like you have to be able, you know, if I'm on a game on a Friday night and I, I know uh, Muscatine's got a big game. Yeah. I've got a tie Kozad and I text back and forth. I can wait till after the game, but knowing that I can, I can go to Ryan. I can go to um, Ryan Timmerman's um, Timmerman. Yes. yes. I can go to his Twitter and check the score consistently instead of having to wait when one comes out it's been awesome to be able to expand my knowledge of who does what games and who to follow. And, and it's, uh, 
you know, I feel bad some Friday nights. I'm not paying as close of attention to the game that I'm actually at, but um, it's been nice to be able to see scores from all over the state and, and from different towns because of this connection with you guys. Yeah, and you like to say, um, the best games aren't always in Des Moines or, or, or uh, you know, the Quad Cities or something, although there are great games up there and great players, but sometimes it's just that matchup, that Albernet-Columbus matchup. Or that surprise Burlington uh, uh, Liberty game that just turns out to be a nail biter. You never know where it's going to be. It might be in uh, Case Field there in Washington, Iowa. There's, you know, it's trying to get to that one super game, that one big match. At least that is for me. You know, I mean, that's why I'm looking for the round guy game of the week to be, you know, that game. And I, I got it this week, and uh, we pretty consistently get it, and it's. Uh, uh, been a great season and I, I'm sad to see it go, but I've been, you know, the fact that, you know, you kind of keep up with so, some of these athletes that are, are so special in the state of Iowa and uh, one of them gets hurt or somebody, it's, it's good to have you to be able to uh, uh, relay, uh, uh, you know, some information about what, what happened in those situations. So, well, yeah, I'm like the Graham thing. It, it was kind of weird because I saw the final score and I, I saw that, that Cody had thrown the pass um, to Christian. And I thought, okay, well maybe Cody's a receiver. Maybe it was a double pass uh, or whatnot. So I was like, ah, maybe I, maybe I should text Graham. And uh, you know, as soon as I got the text as his, as a, as his seven on seven coach, as somebody who cares greatly for Graham, um, I got worried. I'd never want to see any of my kids get hurt. Um, And and he's like, it's deep thigh bruise. It'll be okay. I just couldn't finish the game. Um, you know, and Liberty relies on Graham a lot, so I'm glad it's nothing serious. But they, that, again, that game turned out to be an amazing game between two talented teams. I think Burlington gets into the playoffs also, um, and uh, teams find a way when their best players are down. You know, City I know is down right now. Um, their best quarter, their starting quarterback and their starting running back are both hurt. Um, it's that time of the season where guys have got to step in and make plays and some underclassmen step in and, and prepare the team for the next season. Well, uh, you got anything left to say that we haven't talked about yet? I'm, I'm winded out, man. I think I am still falling out from last night. I guess the old, uh, you know, as an Iowan, we think that the cold's never, we're used to the cold, right? But last night the daughter brought a blanket and she sat on that. And I sat on the bleachers. She went to get a hot chocolate, which hot chocolate was going to run out in Benton last night. I took her blanket and sat on it, and I was like, man, this is a lot warmer on my cheeks than, a, than it is just having my butt sitting on this this metal this metal bleacher. Um, popcorn ratings went off the charts last night. Popcorn was cold wherever you were at. Um, it was a hot chocolate kind of night. So uh, I'm sure hot chocolates were drank throughout the eastern part of the state of Iowa and people were probably out of hot chocolates at the concession stands in most of eastern Iowa last night. Are you are you are you saying you passed on the popcorn? No, I did not pass on the popcorn. Oh, we had the popcorn. Um, uh, the Benton concession stand is one of the better ones we've been to this year. Uh, they have macaroni and cheese, hot dogs, brats, you name it, they've got it. Um, I, I enjoyed their popcorn the last time, but man, if you didn't eat that popcorn when you first got it, it was pretty cold. And uh, I'm not a big cold popcorn fan, so. So if you ever get a chance to go to Columbus Junction to a Columbus game, it's a beautiful stadium. It's a beautiful spirit. It's 
got a lot of unique stuff. They got a lot of like antique benches along one side, where kind of by the end zone, where you can kind of just sit. And a lot of places you can sit and enjoy the game, not just in the bleachers. And it's a great atmosphere. It has a beautiful ambiance. It has a lot of nice trees, and it's it's just kind of gorgeous. Uh, and uh, it's got that beautiful Iowa sky in the background, and you watch the sun go down. It's uh, every place, every football stadium in Iowa has, is a snowflake. It's a unique experience, and uh, uh, people were running out of uh, a time for you to get to a game. You better you better plan on. Uh, Go in the next few weeks because this will be over before you know it. And the season is already ended for the small programs and for this uh, for this episode too. So, thanks, Matt, for being with us. I do. I do have one. Oh, I do have one question for you. Okay. Do they? Did they have at the game last night? This is always something I laugh about, but it's small town Iowa. There's parking spots that are right next to the football field that those that don't want to get cold can go park their cars, sit in the game, sit in their cars and watch the game and see the field from their cars. I hope that they have that at Columbus Junction last night for you guys. Well, I do think if, if you parked in the uh, uh, baseball parking lot, you probably could have done that. <laughs> we had some park. We had about five spots like that in my hometown where uh, my grandpa was ailing when I was in high school. And, uh, you know, we'd get a parking spot for him and, early in, before the game started and he'd sit in the car the whole time and watch me. And, uh, that memory is something that you just don't forget. And, you, and when, as you were describing Columbus junction, I'm going, man, I guarantee there were some people sitting in their cars watching that game, um, from their car to stay warm, just to be there for their, their son, their grandson, um, whatever, uh, kind of a memory that hits home. Yep, that's what we're talking about. All the beautiful memories that you make with your grandpa and your dad and your mom and your sisters and everybody. It's something that you guys remember for the rest of your life. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening.